Blog Talk Radio. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. You're listening now to the Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show today. This is Anne Gail Rose with my beloved Ahanu. And once again, we are broadcasting from the hills in beautiful Roundwood, Ireland, County Wicklow. And we woke up today, of course, to the beautiful cleansing rain that we often get in Ireland. But we took the opportunity to go down and go for a very long walk around one of the most beautiful sacred spots around here called Glendalock, called the Glen of Two Lakes. So if you are going to be with us next year, possibly, on our Ireland tour, this will be one of the places we will visit. You won't be disappointed. Absolutely sacred place, beautiful and gorgeous. And we have a wonderful show today. Ahano, would you like to talk about that? Absolutely, I'd be delighted. One of the things that we have still remaining in Ireland, of course, is that clean rain, or so we think. So we're going to be talking about environmental toxins today. We're going to be speaking about chemtrails, and we're going to be speaking about unknown pollutants to a good friend and colleague of ours, Tony Hughes. But more about him in just a few moments. I'd like, in the light of what we're going to be speaking about today, to give a little medical advice disclaimer. So... Anything that we talk about today is not purported to replace professional medical diagnosis, treatment, or even advice. Always consult a qualified healthcare professional with questions about any medical condition that you might have. Well, I'm glad you got that out of the way, huh? Okay, that, that disclaimer. But we will be uh, speaking actually today about some actually very serious effects that are going on in our world today. So in a way... Uh, the show today will be very serious in the sense of enlightening people as to what is really bombarding them on a daily level and the symptoms and solutions that they can have um, with with the onslaught of toxins that are floating around our atmosphere today. And thankfully, uh, Tony is uh, has a wide variety of experience in this field, and he will be giving you information that you will not know about from any other sources. Now, a lot of the things, interestingly enough, Angel Rose has actually spoken about in her forthcoming book called A Time of Change. And if anybody wants to get pre-order a copy of that book, just go to atimeofchange.info. That's all one word, atimeofchange.info. And in there, you'll find all kinds of information about the times we're living in and it will answer a lot of questions that people are asking. The other thing I want to point out too by way of a little advertisement for the uh, programs that we are running is we're coming up fast against the deadline for the Eight Steps to Freedom. The Eight Steps to Freedom is a program that we're running a series over eight months. It's one hour per month over eight months and you can find out all about that at ahanu.com that's a-h-o-n-u.com forward slash eight steps to freedom and that is hyphenated so it's eight hyphen number eight hyphen steps hyphen 
to freedom. And we want to talk also about our own website, which is serving the Irish community here for those who are interested in anything uh, to do with products that will help build their immune system against the very toxicity that we're talking about. If you were to go and have a look at holistic.ie, that's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C.ie, and particularly the product called Vitamineral Green and Zeoforce, Z-E-O-F-O-R-C-E. Yes, it's very important that we uh, offer really, really healthy solutions to people in this time. But I really would like to get going with this show, Hannah. We have so much important things to cover. So I'm going to allow you to introduce our special guest today, Tony Hughes. So we are blessed to have with us today Tony Hughes. Tony's from Dublin. He's qualified in science, chemical engineering, and statistics. He's worked as a clinical biochemist in the Matter Hospital and St. Vincent's Hospital in Dublin. In 1989, he obtained a licentiate in traditional Chinese medicine and a clinical certificate from Nanjing College of Traditional Chinese Medicine in China. And then he immediately started his full-time practice in natural medicine based in South Dublin. And we have been to his clinic and he does indeed operate a very, very comprehensive program there. He has studied and applied the theories of herbalism, homeopathy, nutrition, essential oils, flower essences, and he has gained extensive experience in the use of bioelectronic diagnosis techniques. Tony has also spoken at many international conferences around the world, and his specialty subjects include the effects of toxins on health and the importance of hidden dental infections in disease. We're going to be covering this in great detail today. His clinic is devoted to the identification of the causes of disease of all origins, physiological, environmental, emotional, and spiritual, and to the use of a wide range of natural methods and remedies to help regain full health. Now, we're going to point you directly to his website. We'll give it out several times during our program today. It's natural-medicine.ie, natural-medicine.ie. So let's get stuck into this discussion today about environmental causes of disease with an emphasis on the generally unknown factors. So we want to know from Tony, go way back to the beginning. How did you get started in your career? Well, when I finished college, I considered studying medicine, but I thought about the length of time involved and being a young man Six or seven years seemed to be a very long time to me, so I decided no, and I did science instead. So I had no notion or intention of actually working in the field of treating patients or treating disease. So about 27 or 28 years ago, um, I became interested in the phenomenon of Chinese medicine acupuncture and the way it could treat and heal disease. So one day when I saw an advertisement in the paper for a course in acupuncture, I said to myself, there and then, without a further thought, I'm going to do that. Out of the blue, just like a boat from the sky, I'm going to do that. And I did. So that's how I started. I studied the um, Chinese medicine over three years here in Dublin and then in China. And I was, became, became qualified. And since starting out practicing, I haven't had an idle day or half day. 
Wow, that is very, very impressive. Sangir Rose wants to ask you a question. Well, and certainly we were at your clinic yesterday, uh, Tony. I had my own appointment for my own health concerns, and uh, there was certainly clients or patients coming one right after the other. So Tony obviously has a very successful practice. So what is your approach to health problems, Tony? And can you also maybe give our listeners a comparison between the difference between how you approach problems with a patient and, let's say, the uh, normal mainstream medical practice? Well, my approach is that if somebody has got a particular illness, disease, you need to know what is causing it. Why is it occurring? Because if you only identify remedies, treatments, and so on, then the problem is going to return. And that the person may make it better initially, but once you stop the remedies, things just revert back to what they were. And also, if you don't identify what really is the fundamental issue, other problems can arise later in life because we are what we experienced during our whole lifetime. So it is important, therefore, to identify why people are sick. This can be on many levels. Now, my experience of conventional medicine, and this is more to do with the training of medics. It's not to do with the actual personnel involved in medicine. The approach is to identify um, a disease from symptoms, give a diagnosis, and identify a remedy in forms usually of a synthetic chemical for that problem. Fine, that may stop the symptoms, and that makes a lot of people happy. But the trouble is that if you suppress the symptoms of an illness, which the body is using as a means to deal with that problem, then the problem will not be solved. The problem will go deeper. And as explained by a great naturopath, Dr. Reykjavik, the deeper the problem goes, the more serious the actual illness becomes. And you get the symptoms manifesting in different levels, in different ways. Is that what's called homotoxicology, that whole science where, let's say I had tonsillitis quite frequently when I was younger, I'd be prescribed an antibiotic through the years, uh, which would, like you say, alleviate my symptoms. But it never really cured the fact that something was going on to cause me to have this go on over and over again. So you're saying then, uh, effectually, that until I find the reason why I kept getting strep throat in the first place, um, then later on in life, later on in life, would that surface as a more serious illness? And do we not see the relationship between those? Yes, precisely. Homotoxicology means poisons to mankind. Dr. Hans Reykjavik, he formulated this theory in 1952 from the study of homeopathy for the purpose of the synthesis of the medical sciences. He believed in bringing together all branches of medical science. So his theory was that the human is a homeostatic flow system. Substances enter, interact with organs, and exit the system. 
Wholesome substances cause no disturbance to the flow of equilibrium, but toxic substances evoke defense measures which manifest as disease. Now, diseases really are the expression of biologically oriented defense mechanisms against exogenous and endogenous toxins. So the poisons that we make as part of our metabolism and also the poisons that we get from our environment, our body is trying to deal with these. So often the problem manifests in what we call the excretion phase or reaction phase. A sore throat indicates the body's reaction to something. And maybe you get pustules on the throat or cough. This is the body trying to get rid of the problem. And often there are bacteria involved. And the microbes, unfortunately, are blamed as the actual problem when they're not. And this stems from the time of Louis Pasteur. Now, around the time of Louis Pasteur, there was another researcher. He was actually a lecturer, a professor in physiology. And his name was... I've forgotten his name for the moment. Um, He said, no, the microbes don't cause disease. He said the microbes are there because of the disease. But Louis Pasteur, with his persuasion and his research and his demonstrations, he won the day, won the debate. And ever since then, the attempt to destroy the microbes has been a main focus of the pharmaceutical industry. The actual name of the man was Antoine Béchamp. And I fully believe in Antoine Béchamp. When I see trouble with viruses, bacteria, parasites, and so on, I don't see them as the enemy. I see them as something that we have already, generally in our bodies, and that they're, they're harmless, but they're activated in certain conditions to help us deal with problems, and they can, they can be pathogens if they're not um, able to, not allowed to perform what they need to do and to deal with them appropriately by using biological medicine. Now, that really opens up a can of worms, and we don't want to get into the Western medicine versus Eastern medicine debate, and neither do we want to get into the whole business of big pharma. But nonetheless, what you're, what you're saying is that our Western focus on treating the symptoms really is all wrong, that we're, we're tackling the, the fixing of symptoms when we should be actually going back further and helping the body defend itself. Am I right in saying that? Sometimes symptoms are very acute and must be dealt with. Some symptoms can be life-threatening. So no, I'm not saying that in general you must avoid treating symptoms. It depends on the problem. If it's an acute infection, of course it must be dealt with by whatever means is needed. But I'm talking about the chronic illnesses, the chronic degenerative diseases, like arthritis, like chronic indigestion, like chronic debilitating heart disease, chronic lung problems. These are the problems I'm talking about. It means something is an ongoing problem, and unless the cause is identified, um, the person won't recover from it. They may regain some control over symptoms by the use of various uh, drugs and pharmaceuticals. This is what... Um, is the thrust of modern medicine, I'm sorry to say, and this is the way our doctors have been trained. I was a clinical biochemist. I used to go along to the 
conferences on medicine, I see the way the doctors debated and even argued amongst themselves about treating patients. I worked in the laboratory. I did interpretation of the, the tests. And since leaving that, I'm going to treat patients myself. I'm looking at a more holistic approach. I can see now the various pitfalls of that whole approach. So can you talk to us about those just briefly? Well, for instance, I suppose I could mention the likes of liver function tests and thyroid tests. Now, the common test done in medicine is a routine test called liver function test. And that test involves looking at a few liver enzymes which leak out of the cells in the liver when the liver is inflamed or damaged, and a component called bilirubin, which is a product of metabolism of liver. If the enzymes are raised, it indicates some damage to the liver. If the bilirubin is raised, it indicates that the liver can't cope with detoxification properly. Now, so many of my patients, in fact, nearly all of them, because their bodies are trying to deal with toxic problems, they all show up with the testing as having um, something fresh in the liver. But yet, the lab tests don't show up these. And it's supposed to be quite often that I've told my patients, look, this, this is fresh in your liver. And these patients have gone to the doctor and said, oh, we do a liver test. The liver tests are down the show normal. The concept that a few of these enzymes, the bilirubin, uh, will show up the liver being under stress is a misapprehension. The liver can suffer up to 70% dysfunction before these various tests show anything. So really, when you find these indications for liver, the process has already gone to a certain stage. The damage has started. It's more important to be able to test before there is disease and dysfunction. To be able to test when there's stress on the liver is far more important. The same can be said for thyroid testing. Now, more so in Europe than in America, they don't do a test called thyroid releasing hormone. This test is done in the United States. It's much more effective. But I've had patients come to me with great big lumps on their necks, the size of grapefruits. And I said, I could see right away, oh, I see you have a thyroid problem. And the astonishing reply is, oh, no, I've had the test on. The tests are normal. And this is nonsense. So the tests that are done, I'm not saying they're not accurate, but these are not effective or specific in identifying the thyroid problems. Because just looking at the thyroid levels in the blood does not tell you anything about the transportation of these hormones to the cell, how things are working at the cellular level, and anyway, everybody's different. If your thyroid gland has got a big goiter, a big swelling, it means it's reacting to some problem of blockage and it's trying to overcome the problem of blockage. Therefore, it may be partially succeeding, but still it doesn't indicate that there's no problem there. There is a problem there. You're listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu speaking on the Honest to God series here on Blog Talk Radio. Now, if anyone would like to call in and speak to Tony Hughes, you can call 805 292 
If anybody has an email question, you can contact us through Angel Rose's website, which is A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E.com. Now, we have to say to people that we broadcast when we're in Ireland from way up in the beautiful Wicklow Hills, but as such, we are subject to the weather. And we will be talking more about the weather and environmental issues in a few moments. But in case our signal drops, which it has been known to do, please don't hang up. Please don't go away. We will be right back as soon as we possibly can. But just to alert to it that it can happen, it has happened, and such is the nature of the environment that we're in. Now, Next thing I want to mention to you that uh, our listeners, especially in the United States, may well be used to my accent at this stage. But if anybody is not picking up Tony because of his beautiful Dublin accent, do remember that all of our shows are archived and you will be able to go back in the archives and listen again to anything that we say here today, indeed any of our past shows, and pick up what you feel you may have missed. Now, we're speaking to Tony Hughes and Tony is an expert in the whole area of environmental toxins, Chinese medicine, herbs, aromatherapy, and so on. And he mentioned that he was a clinical biochemist. Tony, do you think that being a clinical biochemist in your past has been a benefit to you in your move into a more holistic approach? Yes, the biochemistry is very helpful from my understanding of what's happening at the physiological level and also my experience and training as a clinical biochemist is very helpful for my understanding of the test results that people bring to me. I have to add that um, commonly these tests that are done do not indicate what the trouble is. Occasionally a test will pick up something that's wrong but there's too much emphasis on the various lab tests that are done in hospitals and indeed on other um, investigation procedures because let's face it, the doctors have to cover themselves in terms of what they are trying to diagnose. If something is missed, then there can be trouble. Okay, thank you for that. And um, I would like you to really start to tell us now the difference between how the normal medical establishment does test and how you test, and you've referred to it just briefly throughout uh, our conversation today, but tell our listeners now uh, what you do that is, is so different and how you can actually find the causes that are underneath their condition, because you certainly helped me with that yesterday. I suppose the main thing is that in conventional medicine, start with laboratory testing. The testing is either looking for metabolites, um, substances in blood and urine, which are the result of things possibly going wrong, or infections, um, which can be activated by toxic situations. But identifying an organism, a bacterium or virus, doesn't indicate why that's activated. Identifying various metabolites like bilirubin or sodium or whatever else is upset doesn't tell you why that is upset. It may indicate something is wrong with kidney or with heart or something else, but the fundamental cause is not illustrated. 
And usually these things are apparent after the disease has commenced. Now my interest is in preventive medicine. I'd like to know what's happening before there are symptoms and problems and in preventing disease. Now the body has got an amazing system of interconnectedness which is used in acupuncture. This is a connected tissue in the body connecting all the organs and also um, giving information from one part of the body to the other. This is actually more important, I believe, than the nervous system. And there's information conducted to this system, which is not uh, dealt with in conventional medicine. The problem is that the nervous system only goes as far as the muscles and the ligaments. It doesn't go into the cells of the organs. It doesn't go into, say, the system's going to control in the back, for instance. The signals to transverse the extracellular matrix. And this is where a lot of trouble is. If a signal is not transmitted through that, then the body can't communicate what it needs to do to control everything functioning in the body. Unfortunately, this is where the toxins often are settled. This is in the extracellular matrix. This tissue is throughout the whole body and causes a communication system between the whole body, from the nervous system to all the cells in every part of the body. Now, you can, through this system, test acupuncture points on the hands and feet. And this was developed from his knowledge of acupuncture by a German doctor, Dr. Weinhold Fall. He developed a simple meter to measure the resistance of the skin at acupuncture points. And he demonstrated that the variation in the resistance of these points indicated some problem, either dysfunction or hyperfunction or inflammation in organs. He made a further very momentous discovery in that he discovered one day while testing a colleague that had a break for lunch and came back after lunch, started testing again to find the readings for the various acupuncture points were different. On the investigation, he discovered that during lunchtime, the patient had put a bottle of some remedy in his pocket and his body was reacting to this, which changed the actual readings. So he realized at that time that the body does react to the external environment in terms of the poisons causing trouble and in terms of the remedies that may assist. So from this, he developed a whole set of methods using herbs, homeopathy, and other um, remedies to help him diagnose what is causing the problem and what the actual remedy is. So, for instance, if you discovered that there were problems with, say, arsenic or mercury, this could be rectified by testing with the corrective remedy for mercury or for um, arsenic by using a homeopathic dilution. So this is the basis of a lot of the bioenergy testing in that you have these tests for the cause of the trouble and tests for the organ systems and tests for the remedies. This procedure was automated in the United States, mainly in Colorado, um, from about 30 years ago. And now many countries in the world have produced systems that use these diagnostic scanning systems to give identification and clues to what's causing the trouble and what the remedy is.
Now, uh, Tony, we we really really want to move into the big environmental things like uh, chemtrails and and unknown pollutants. But the one thing that fascinated me when I first met you was that you have this really amazing clinical biochemical background and then you've been able to move that across into a much more holistic approach to things do you do you do you see yourself also seeing a kind of a spiritual dimension to your patients when you treat them are, are you are you able to see a bigger bigger picture there is of course a bigger picture and the body's energy field reacts to the whole picture, to everything, not just physiology. So you can do the system test for problems at the environmental, physiological, spiritual, emotional, past life, and also issues of psychic attack. And you can use fluorescences to test for the problems of emotions. You can use essential oils also for emotional memories that are locked into the body, you can use certain tree essences and flower essences for testing for past life issues. I am fond of searching for ancient trees and making memories from them because I believe that these trees have the answers to issues from the past because they were around a long time ago. So yes, there are tests developed and formulated to identify the various causes of the disease, not just your toxins and pollutions. And Tony, does it really matter which comes first? I mean, when you're when you're in the process of, um, you know, coming to the cause with a person, is does the testing on the acupuncture points itself lead you to one of those various levels? In other words, would the testing lead you to uh, if the problem's emotionally based, would it go there or would it go spiritually? Would would your method take you to those areas or do you predominantly look for um, a toxicity? I use test points on the body for emotions, for mental issues, for past life issues, for spiritual problems and everything else of that nature. Um, the thymus gland test point generally indicates the body's related to something. So if the body is affected at any level, it will manifest somehow in the physiological. In my experience, you can treat a person for an emotional issue or a past life issue, but if you don't deal with the fundamental issue of poison or pollutant, the person may improve, may get better, but there will not be full recovery because we are um, spiritual beings but we're living in a physical dimension. Unless we deal with the physical, it's very difficult to fully clear up all of the other issues. So my approach is the fundamental thing, clear up, identify what are the key toxins, key poisons, first of all, and then go on to identify what are the other issues. Now, commonly, this is important, sometimes a person has difficulty getting rid of a certain problem or poison or pollutant, or indeed of getting rid of a certain emotional memory. The fact is that one item, the poison, can be locked in with the emotional memory or vice versa. And you have to actually work on the two simultaneously. 
This often involves a flower essence or an essential oil. I'm finding this very, very fascinating. And I, I do have to tell our listeners, those who listen to Ahano and I uh, every week and know us, that I, I personally will admit that in terms of being able to understand my own physical body, I have, uh, that, that would be an area of weakness. And I have focused predominantly uh, in the spiritual planes, in emotional clearing, even working on belief systems. But, uh, you know, I, I have been guided to go to you, Tony, because, precisely because, I have had health, uh, certain health issues. Um, you know, I've been diabetic for many, many years, and um, you narrowed it down to a virus that I've, I, I have from somewhere. You know, don't know exactly the age, but um, and you treated me for that virus. Now, what I do find interesting, and I'll share this, is that any time I've had a testing done on a machine similar to what you have. My diabetes never shows up on those machines, which which is interesting, okay? And um, and I always would say to Ahanu, well, what's going on then? You know, something's obviously going on that's affecting my pancreas. And um, so can you just tell our listeners how you arrived at that? Not to say that every diabetic has a virus, okay? But are there generalizations that you do find that go with certain illnesses and, um, well, just anything you have to share on that, okay? Well, the liver and pancreas are very important organs. So I generally find that the two parts of the pancreas, that is the part that makes the hormones to control the bodily um, functions, sugar functions, sugar control, and the part that is designed to make the enzymes for digestion, that both these areas, or one or the other, is affected. Now, naturally, I go and search for the various causes of these problems for the pancreas. In the case of Angel, I found she was reacting to um, a very prevalent issue in recent times, and that is toxic elastin from clothing. And this comes to the first... Um, toxic problem I want to talk about. I've become aware of people recently showing reactions to manganese and other minerals. And when I looked further at this, I discovered that it wasn't just an excess of manganese, but also sometimes a lack of manganese or other minerals. In Angel's case, there was a lack of manganese and a lack of chromium. What's happening here is that some of the recent elastane or spandex, as is known in the United States, they changed the process of the manufacture to make the fibers last longer. And they use chemicals called ethylene diamine and propylene diamine. There may also be other ones being used. And these um, chemicals, apart from the toxic, have the effect of being chelating agents, which means that they bind to essential trace minerals. They can bind to an effect manganese, chromium, iron, iodine, zinc, and copper. And all of these have got important functions. Zinc has got at least 200 functions that are known about. Manganese has very important functions. So the case of Angel, 
chromium is necessary for the transportation of sugar into the cell for metabolism. The manganese is important for two stages. That's two steps of conversion of the sugar, the glucose, into energy. So she lacked the function of three of these steps. So that was an obvious indication of possible trouble for diabetes and could indeed be a main factor. I'm not saying it's the only factor. Very often other factors arise later. What I to uh, call this kind of testing, I like to say that it's um, human archaeology. Because often when I test somebody, the body reacts to what's currently affecting them or some of the more recent problems. But commonly, earlier problems are buried deep within the system. Often they have receded there because of the use of suppressive drugs like steroids, anti-inflammatories and other drugs. So very often the actual fundamental old problem is buried. After a period of detoxification and working through what manifests currently from the body, then the older problems generally start to appear and are ready for elimination and detoxification. You're listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu as we speak with our special guest today, Tony Hughes. Tony Hughes is from Dublin. He's qualified in science, chemical engineering and statistics. And he has worked as a clinical biochemist in the matter and St. Vincent Hospitals in Dublin. He's licensed in traditional Chinese medicine and he is also licensed from the Nanjing College of Traditional Chinese Medicine in China. He has studied and applied the theories of herbalism, homeopathy, nutrition, essential oils, flower essences, and he's gained extensive experience in the use of bioelectronic diagnosis techniques. He's with us in the studio now. If anybody would like to call in, simply use the line 805-292-0349. If anybody wants to contact us via email at any point, you simply email Angel Rose at angelrose.com. That's A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E.com. Now, we were speaking to Tony about a wide variety of issues relating to environmental toxins. Uh, we touch on the subject of chemtrails in a few moments, Chinese medicine, herbs, and various unknown pollutants. And he's talking about, at the moment, elasticity and how it can be toxic to the body. But before we move into the physical side of those, I'm interested in the comment you made a short while ago, Tony, about psychic attack. We're finding in the people who we meet that there's a lot of that seems to be going on. And it seem, seems in some, some, for some people, it seems to be going back to, I don't know, perhaps past lives, but certainly uh, it's, it is a serious and measurable psychic attack. What do you have in your arsenal of remedies that might be able to resolve those kinds of issues? What's become apparent to me is that people that I know who work in healing, who are working to help people on this planet, helping to raise the consciousness that these people are very susceptible to problems and it appears to be coming through other people very often friends of theirs are just acquaintances who have got issues about jealousy, um, interest, um, maybe it's issue of money, various things. Whatever is causing some persons to be thinking about or to have 
some issue with a person. It could be a crush, it could be anger, whatever. That it seems to come through these people. And they aren't directly attacking, in my experience. I believe that there are forces at work from other dimensions that are trying to hinder people who are doing good work. So they can't get at us because they're in a different level to us, a different dimension. But they can get at us and people who are doing this work. They can get at these people through others who are not as enlightened, not at such a higher vibration level, and affect their emotions and their approach and their attitude to people. And this is what I think is happening. Now, the question of treatment for this, this is a bit more difficult. Um, healing techniques. I use pranic healing. I've used Reiki. I've used the figure of eight techniques. I have referred people, patients of mine with this problem, to people who are more experienced in this area. Um, cutting the ties with people. This kind of thing. But in terms of, say, herbs, nutrition, homeopathy, there's not a lot that I've come across for this. You need to use more, I think, person-to-person healing for these problems. Yeah, and it, it probably goes under the uh, the law of like attracts like uh, in some instance that you have to find the frequency that will actually uh, dislodge that from a person. And, well, I don't want to get off the subject because I do know you have a lot to tell us about the environment. And we want to get back to that and cover that. And perhaps we could go into some of the spiritual stuff afterwards. But tell us, Tony, what you are finding out there um, that people really do need to know about and also what solutions you have for them. I want to go back to the question of the elastane. It is elastane. It's the synthetic elastics in clothing. Some of the older elastanes are okay, but the, the newer ones are not. They're called spandex in the USA. I can't say exactly when they started using these. I think there are patents dating from around 2007, but I have no idea when it began to become common. When I test older materials, they seem okay, but I can't be sure if it's just years of washing has cleared it out. I can't tell. Now, um, what happens here is, as I say, these chemicals absorb into the body and they affect the minerals. Mineral function is very important. It assists in the various um, enzymes, and other processes in the body that perform many, many functions. And it assists in the function of vitamins as well. So they can't be ignored. The situation is that if you don't have certain mineral, you've got trouble, you've got lack of activity, lack of function. If you have too much of the mineral, you also can get lack of function. So it's a question of balance. Um, the best thing to do, actually on my website, I have put in the list Underneath the heading of environmental toxins, there is a section called toxic textiles. I'm trying to compile a list of firms. Now, it's mostly in Europe and Ireland at the moment, but there are firms in America. I'm trying to to compile this list of firms who supply organic clothing. 
and it would be interesting to anybody in other parts of the world who know of local organic clothing suppliers. Um, I mentioned the manganese as being important. There is a situation also where you can have too much manganese, and this comes from a very insidious toxin, pollutant, called manab. Manab is an antifungal chemical that is being sprayed onto a lot of um, synthetic insoles and shoes. And people are picking this up and it's causing upset to them. The, I think it was the US Department of the Environment um, made a comment recently saying that the actual amount of this being used in the environment is negligible, is not a problem. It is also being used in crops. And I've seen it affecting a lot of rice coming from Asia, India in particular. Some of the Indian rices have got too much of this, and I believe it's from the spraying of this antifungal on the crops. So for me, the important thing for people is to be able to test things themselves by kinesiology, by muscle testing. Um, under my introduction on the, the subject of toxic textiles, I do explain the process of kinesiology and of a way to test these things you know, alone by yourself. And there are websites on the internet about kinesiology, muscle testing. The situation nowadays is that we have to take responsibility. We have to be able to test these things ourselves. Because if you question people in the shops, they haven't got a clue. And the teacher is a crank very commonly. But when you do identify a garment or any other product that is a problem, complain, complain, complain. It's the only way that the vendors and the manufacturers will take notice. Okay. Uh, now, yes, he, Tony mentioned there uh, about his website. It's natural-medicine.ie. Natural-medicine.ie. Now, you, you spoke there very eloquently, Tony, about the issue of clothing. And that's something that in many, many ways we do have control over. In other words, as you say, we can complain, we can choose not to buy the dollar that we spend speaks volumes. But what about the issues in the environment that we have no control over? Can you speak to us about that? The first, I suppose, stage in here is awareness. And people don't know that they're being poisoned. People don't know why they're sick. And they never will know, generally, because conventional medical testing does not make an attempt to identify these poisons. And unfortunately, when I mention to my patients they have a problem with lead or mercury or whatever, I know that there have been tests done on the blood and the results have come back low or negative. And this is the wrong way to do this testing. These poisons are not generally found in the blood. The blood is continuously being circulated to the body, to the organs, is continuously being cleared, and the body is trying to get rid of these poisons, either dumping them in the body's tissues or getting rid of them. But you won't find it generally in the blood unless it's really bad. And what you should be doing is getting a special test done where a sample of urine is taken, then you have a special chelating agent that's taken orally, and then you have another urine sample taken sometime later, and then 
that is examined and prepared with the original sample. The chelating agent binds these poisons, releases them from the tissues, and then it becomes apparent. So testing, if you ever you're, suggested you have a test, a blood test of these poisons, it's a waste of time. I mean, even the likes of um, the fat-soluble poisons, it's a waste of time checking for those. You'd have a fat sample taken to do that kind of thing. Now, to go on to some of the other unknowns in our environment. Could I just interrupt you for a minute, Tony, and tell our listeners, um, you mentioned these particular tests that they should be taking. What kind of a doctor or practitioner could they go to who would be open to that? And, or, you know, I've heard, too, of saliva tests, you know, where people will spit on a cotton ball and, and have things tested through that. Um, can you kind of help people? Because, you know, we do know that the conventional doctor probably uh, wouldn't have a clue about what you're talking about and wouldn't know how to do a test like that. Of course, they can call you, we know. But uh, <laughs> uh, do you have any advice for that before you go on to the other toxins? Well, not being in the USA, I don't have information on where the test can be done. There's a very good laboratory called um, the Great Plains Laboratory. That's one laboratory. They, would, I think, have information on where to get testing done. Because I am in the business of testing energetically, um, I get the answers myself. And people generally do not need to go and get the more expensive, more thorough lab testing done. So um, there is a, a lab in London called BioLabs, and they will do the testing. Do you find them on the, on the website? And I can't think of the other ones. As I say, I don't use it very much because I'm doing testing myself. But if you want independent testing, BioLabs in London is a good place to start. Now, other, yes, poisons. Over the years, I found people showing a reaction to terbium. And for a time, I was mystified because this is a very toxic substance. And then two ladies came to me. They're two cleaning ladies, both of them suffering terribly from a dreadful chronic cough. They both worked together, and I tested them, and I found the same thing. I found beryllium. So I asked about their work, and they both worked in a large institution in Dublin, where they were involved in cleaning this huge, big floor space, which was tiles and tiled. And they mentioned that they were given the spray, the cleaning spray, and that when they spread this foam on the tiles and the fumes rose, that it started their coughing. So I suspected it was the spray, so I tested the spray, but no, it wasn't that. So I thought more about it. Well, what could it be? I thought, well, maybe something to do with the actual grout in the tiles, because it does result in the beautiful cleaning effect on the, tile, on the grout. So I got some grout and checked that, and sure enough, I found it was the grout. And then more um, research on what's going on here, I found that grout and tiling cement and um, ordinary plaster and some cements have got beryllium in them. This was the cause of the problem. There was a chemical reaction with the grout, creating this, these fumes of beryllium in the air. It's um, a gas of beryllium. I think it may be beryllium hydride, but I'm not quite sure, but it is something that is airborne. Now, then from that, I discovered that people living in very damp environments, 
were also showing up trouble with beryllium. I've seen people literally crippled coming to see me in wheelchairs and being bedridden. I went to one lady in her home because she couldn't get out. She was being tended day and night by her family. And as soon as I opened the front door of the house, I knew what was wrong. I smelled the mold. Now, the mold itself is toxic. But this beryllium, you can't smell it. And it's a different kind of poison. The mold from beryllium, the body can break down, get rid of it eventually. But the beryllium is an inorganic poison and remains in the body unless you use certain nutrients and homeopathy to clear it. I further found that um, people living in houses, the girl from Luxembourg who had her apartment full of trees, and I found she had brilliant poisoning. There was no damp there. So I asked her then to bring along some samples, leaves and so on of the trees, and also the soil of the trees. And to my astonishment, I found it was the soil of all the plants and trees in her apartment that was causing the trouble. So I conclude from that, from further testing with animals who were being fed from feed that was coming from land that was plastered with fertilizer. I checked the fertilizer and discovered that it's not just phosphate, there's also beryllium in some of the fertilizers. So I think what's happening is that the fertilizer, of course, a lot of it's taken, it's broken down or extracted from a process using phosphate rock. The process releases the soluble phosphate into fertilizer, but also some of the materials, some sources, include beryllium, and the beryllium is being released. This ends up in the fertilizer, it ends up in the land, it ends up in the crops. I suspect just today, because a friend of mine showed a reaction to the drinking water, that it's in some of our drinking waters. Beryllium is very toxic. It causes terrible lung trouble. It can cause trouble with liver, it is considered to be carcinogen, as in many people suffering ongoing muscle trouble. And that's why very often in damper weather, people feel worse. They get dramatic problems. The word roim is a German word coming from damp. And the damp activates the mold that may be buried deep in the walls. And this makes them feel worse. The damp can come from condensation, or from rising damp, or from leaks. And either one of these causes more. Check condition of your grout. Very often the damp has gone below the tiles. So just cleaning up the tiles is not enough. There may be damp deep in the wall. And this gas is produced, diffuses through the wall. So it may be plaster deep or wall deep. So be very careful about your bathrooms. Make sure that it's ventilated. So, Tony, you know, it's popular now. People are tiling their whole entire bathrooms. Uh, would the grout that they're using today have that in it? The answer is yes. Now, you can get um, fungus-resistant grout, and that would be the one to get. One that resists fungus. They must also consider that if the water gets behind the tiles, that there may be a problem with the actual plaster behind. There are newer materials now being used, which is basically it's a solid sheet of plastic <clears throat> used in showers and bathrooms. And this may be a better thing to use than the laborious task of putting tiles all over the place, which may later 
become damp and active with mould. Other problems from the environment, ones that are very insidious, is fire retardant in clothing. Now, there was a problem years ago, very prevalent, and it still exists today, but has diminished ever since a particular English research scientist demonstrated that some fire retardants, particularly those that are in foamy pillows or foam mattresses, that these fire retardants, they've got um, chemicals added in as adjuvants to other fire retardants, and it consists of arsenic and antimony compounds and also phosphorus compounds. His theory and his demonstration was that after a while, moisture from the body, or indeed from saliva or other problems, um, vomiting, whatever, can activate a mold or fungus. He described the mold as well, this scientist did. This breaks down the material and releases three gases. Arsenic hydride, antimony hydride, and phosphorus hydride, which are breathed in and are very toxic. And he explains that these are the causal contents. Ever since he published that information, the cause, the actual incident of the contents has diminished. I see people still suffering from this. I've seen children suffering from asthma. I've seen it turn up overnight once the bad pillow was taken away. I've seen adults suffering various symptoms and problems from this. So take this seriously. The um, chemicals in your bedclothes and can also be in certain cotton sheets. I find a lot of the colored cotton sheets used for duvet covers, they can have some of this fire retardant also. So make sure that your clothes are well dried and be wary of the foam. And not all foams are toxic, but often the yellower ones are the, the culprits. The whiter looking foams often are okay. This comes back to the whole question of testing, muscle testing, physiology. The only way to know for sure is to test yourself. And I, I do know that a lot of children's clothing are treated with, with fire retardants. So have you found that in your in your research? This I have not discovered in Ireland. This may be the case in consumer-driven USA. I don't know. Um, again, the testing is what's important. Um, to go back to the issue of manganese, I did find that people were suffering from manganese and appeared to be memory foam. And I have seen people reacting to memory foam. And I think, again, it's to do with some of the chemicals used in the synthesis process. These chemicals, I think what they're doing is they're interfering with the functions of trace minerals by being absorbed. So again, do the testing on your, your foams. Um, An important point here is that we're all different. <clears throat> Unfortunately, in conventional medicine, we're treated as being clones. We're all treated with the same medicine and the same tests. But some people can react to these um, poisons very readily and have a lot of trouble with them. Others are very strong and robust and they can tolerate them. This may be due to an important point that is that some of us 
have less activity of an enzyme which regenerates the most important detoxifier in the body, which is glutathione. If we can't regenerate the glutathione, then we will be more susceptible to toxins and pollutants and poisons. And this, by the way, I believe is a reason for the fact that a lot of the research done into toxins and mercury as a cause of autism, the actual fact is missed that mercury causes autism from vaccines because the researchers are looking at the total population and not separating, not separating the population in the subpopulation of those who can't tolerate general toxins. A lady called Jill James did some research where she separated those who are suffering from autism um, and those who are clear. She separated them into those who had plenty of this enzyme and those who didn't. And the ones who showed a lack of the enzyme, they were the ones who were suffering from the actual problems. Well, we I suppose we should touch on the topic of vaccines very briefly because um, I do know that a lot of children are suffering from the effects of vaccinations and uh, certainly also the you know the cervical cancer vaccine that they're giving children I will say up to you know 12 years old is also highly toxic and back in our day though Tony were the vaccines you know, because I'm up in my upper 50s, were the vaccines just as toxic back then, or is this is this new? This seems to be a new problem. Um, more recently, they've been putting adjuvants in, in the vaccines, chemicals like squalene and um, aluminium and various other things which are meant to help the body reacts more strongly to the vaccinations. But they are toxic and they do cause trouble. And one of the big problems is, I think, the cover-up and the denial of the effects of these poisons. Now, more recently, I think also there's been a lot more um, biological material included in vaccines, plus also the fact that there are so many more vaccines being used. And each um, administration of a vaccine is another weakening step in the person's immune system. And there is evidence, although it's not mentioned, that a certain number of vaccines does cause a breakdown in the body's immune system. Too many vaccines are a problem. A big issue this day, these days is that a lot of the research that is showing up the problems is being swept under the carpet. And the vaccines research that shows positive uh, outcomes is being put Yes, and we do encourage our listeners to do their research on vaccines. There's plenty of information out there that uh, shows the debilitating effects of vaccines, and especially especially the cervical cancer vaccine, which has really wreaked havoc on our young women. And uh, do your research because there's a huge deception going on about the benefits of these vaccines when actually the reverse is occurring, um, even down to some girls uh, being sterilized from them. So do your research um, on that. Very, very, very important. 
Great. Now you're you're listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu as we speak to Tony Hughes. Tony Hughes is qualified in science, chemical engineering, and statistics, and he has worked as a clinical biochemist in two famous hospitals in Dublin. And he now practices tra- traditional Chinese medicine as well as a whole bunch of other techniques that he incorporates into his practice. If anybody wants to get in touch with Tony, you can get him through his website, naturalmedicine.ie. That's hyphenated, natural-medicine.ie. Or you can contact us through the show here at angelrose at angelrose.com. Now, we've, we've touched on some very, very interesting and thought-provoking and let's call them edgy subjects, let's say, in, in terms of how far people are allowed to go in terms of their freedom of speech and licensing. But we're not afraid of that. Truth is truth. And it needs to be put out there that there are chemicals that we need to be aware of that are being put into our clothing and put into vaccines that are not generally good for the body. In fact, I always raise the question that if the human has been on this planet for I don't know how many millions or billions of years, we've never ever needed any chemical injected into our body for anything. And this is a relatively recent phenomena, and I say no to it, and I tell my children absolutely no to it all. Now, another thing we have to watch out for, of course, is these chemicals leaching into our water and indeed being added purposely to our water in many countries. That is another subject, but before we get to that, we want to just recap for a second in the sense that Tony Hughes operating from his practice in Dublin, is speaking to us today about environmental toxins. And he's mentioned quite a bit about the toxins that we are somewhat familiar with in terms of the the, uh, manufacture of clothing and uh, vaccinations and so on. But one thing that we want to move into and cover is an area that it's seemingly we don't have much control over. And I know this is not your particular area, of expertise, Tony. We want to talk about chemtrails for a moment. But it comes up all the time, and it comes up more and more and more and more, and it's really very much in our face. And indeed, last night we were listening to George Norrie on the uh, Coast to Coast radio, and he was speaking with a gentleman by the name of Michael Murphy. And they were discussing how chemtrails are allowing corporations to manipulate natural systems, including weather and soil, for their own gain. And what they are is he explained that they are chemicals that are sprayed out of an airplane for the goal of geoengineering the planet. He was quite specific about that, and he mentioned the particular particulates as being aluminum, or aluminium, as we would say in Ireland. And these are used to block the sun, to create artificial clouds, and generally cause a cooling effect. But these these same chemicals have been found to be toxic to human health and the ecology, and they're associated with respiratory problems and other medical issues. Now, he went on to say, Tony, and I want to ask you about your take on all of this in a moment, but what really scared me was that he went on to say that this geoengineering is actually designed to disrupt weather patterns and pinning, for example, the recent drought over parts of the United States on their actions. And what happens is that these particulates 
are introduced into the sky and they act as cloud condensation nuclei, causing rain to drift away from areas that it would normally would go. And he's effectively saying that this is corporatized weather control in which environmental circumstances are created, allowing goods and services to be specifically tailored, such as abiotic seeds and so on, which are supposed to grow in drought conditions. But really what he's talking about here, he's talking about disaster capitalists. And he's saying that this is actually moving in now into the, the derivatives market in which they use this inside knowledge of weather manipulation and control in order to make money, sometimes by simply betting that certain crops will fail. What do you have to say about all of that? Well, on the first film that um, Mr. Murphy created, there was a very, very um, important scene there where he was interviewing a farmer in Hawaii where they found that their crops were failing. And they did some investigation and they found that there was excess aluminium in the soil which shouldn't be there. And this was causing failures for the crops. And the story goes on from that um, video, that program, that some gentlemen arrived, salesmen, on the island, and they were selling new seeds for these crops. And what were the the characteristics of these seeds? They were aluminium resistant. This was from one of the biggest GM food producers in the world, which we all know. And this is very, very scary. This is really upsetting. And this, uh, coupled with affecting the weather to cause destruction by drought or destruction by um, flood, and then to actually cripple the production of food so that people have to have custom-made seeds to succeed, it's a disaster. Um, what I can add to this is the fact that in my testing of people, um, I did test a number of people showing a reaction to barium. On one occasion, I had a patient who was coming from the area of Shannon Airport, and people there have reported to me they have seen a fair bit of this chemtrail um, spraying in the skies. And this man, unusually, he showed up a very strong reaction for this particular poison, barium, and was so strong that it couldn't have happened by chance. He knew there was a definite problem here. This alerted me to it, the whole problem. And I found him and others afterwards showed trouble with barium, manganese, strontium, um, selenium, and other pollutants, and also some organic stuff. I've had um, samples tested from England because the south of England, I have friends there, and there's a very heavy spraying there. And I did find levels of these various pollutions in the sample, in the water samples. But the trouble is that there are no baseline data. There's no results from previous years to compare them to. So although I've got results of these particular pollutions, I can't compare them to the previous uh, data because it doesn't exist. Uh, yes, and I just want to comment on this particular topic that the gentleman we're speaking about is Michael Murphy, who has put out two movies. The first one is called What in the World Are They Spraying? And the second one is called Why in the World Are They Spraying? 
And both of these movies are free and can be downloaded on the Internet. You do have copyright permission to make copies of these movies, to distribute them uh, to your family and friends. Um, I believe the website is whatintheworldaretheyspraying.com. Very important that you um, look that up and pass that along. Okay, because um, one of the things that these chemtrails are doing also is they're blocking the sun. And it's been shown that we have 20% less sun available to us now. And the whole process is called global dimming. Now, I have a little um, take on this because aside from the big corporations being involved in this as a way to control the world agriculture, um, I myself have, have had an experience of an artificial storm. And it happened to us. We were in North Carolina. We were driving through West Virginia. We came upon a hailstorm. And one of the things we noticed was the cloud formation was very strange. It wasn't like any cloud formation we'd ever seen in our entire lives. And we both knew it was an artificial construct. But the thing about this hailstorm, it lasted 45 minutes, which is highly unusual. Every car and truck uh, got off the road, but it was more the feeling. The feeling of it felt sinister. I felt like there was an emotional component to it. I felt I was in hell. It's the best way I can explain it, that I was never going to get out of this dark abyss. And, of course, we pulled over for a while, and then when it was safe to proceed, we continued on, and I was never so happy to see a blue sky after that. It was a a distinct feeling. So this whole weaponry of climate control is a way to, uh, number one, make us ill, it's causing disease in us. It is They are using it for monetary gain. By changing the weather, they can destroy a whole entire food crop in an area or a population. They can do it in certain countries. Um, so you do need to, to really become aware of this program. So please do download those movies. What in the world are they spraying.com and why in the world are they spraying? So um, do educate yourself on that. It's very, very important to understand just the degree of control that's going on in our world. And there are solutions to this. And we will ask Tony if if he has solutions to some of these uh, toxins that are coming from these chemtrails. Now, Angel Rose mentioned uh, these particular problems. But interestingly enough, uh, she actually has mentioned these before they've become commonplace, and she's collated this information from the Akashic Records and put it into her new book called A Time of Change.info, and that's being released at the end of September. If anybody would be interested in getting hold of a copy of that, you can pre-order it at A Time of Change. That's all one word, A Time of Change.info. Now, just before I hand you back to Tony Hughes, who is, uh, was a clinical biochemist and is qualified in science and chemical engineering and statistics and so on, speaking to us today about his business, Natural Medicine. I just want to clear up a couple of things because you did mention cot death. Now, that's a word that's familiar to us in Ireland, but in the United States, it's more popularly known as crib death. And then, of course, you use that famous word, aluminium, and in the United States, it's referred to as aluminum just so that there's no misunderstanding there. Now, 
we want to go back to this business of uh, chemtrails and the, uh, particularly the unknown pollutants that you talk about. And we want to try and wrap up in the last kind of 10 minutes that we have really. What solutions, Tony, that you, you posit for people, what solutions you have in your toolkit, what you offer to people who come to you and if people were to contact you through your website or by phone, uh, what you can offer them? I think um, before that, a very important point is that this has been allowed to happen for so long all over the world. And nothing's been done. People seem to be unable to get through to their congressmen, to their representatives, whoever. I think some of it's to do with another toxic problem, and that might be the problem of the destruction of our foodstuffs. And people are not thinking as they should. People are being dumbed down by fluoride in the water. Um, people are being distracted by entertainments. Really, especially in the United States where this is a real problem, people need to be active with this. Because unless we stop them, it will keep on going. Now, in terms of treating the problems, with, as with all other problems and poisons, I test the people, identify what it is, which organs are affected, and which remedies are suitable for them. So the most important thing is to make sure that you take plenty of healthy food, and especially take plenty of organic and alkaline foods. The alkaline foods are generally the fruits and vegetables, because the alkalinity in the body helps to detoxify. The body goes through a daily cycle of going from acid to alkaline. That change in the pH or the acidity of the body's tissues in the connective tissue, that activates enzymes which soften up the connective tissue to release the poisons on a daily basis. If this cycle is disrupted by taking too much meat, too much grains, taking too much acid food, then this detoxification is blocked. It's important to take a good balance take more alkaline foods than acid foods. Acid foods are meats, grains, and dairy. Alkaline foods are fruits and vegetables. Um, you can find information on this approach on the internet. Each person is different, so I test my patients for what's the best remedy for them. So in general, things like N-acetylcysteine, the green foods like chlorella, are very good for killing up poisons. Um, a very good one is glutathione. And you can get what's called a lipospheric glutathione, but glutathione that's bound to lipids, which is absorbed into the body cells and works much more effectively. But really, it's an issue where you should see a naturopath to identify what is the best way to get the poison out of your system, because each person is different. Also, check your water. These poisons are commonly in the water, so do have a good filtration system. Do find ways to test your water. Do identify filters are a good source of water. Okay, Tony, and I do want to get to, you did bring a little bottle with you of that's containing a very light yellow liquid, which was, piqued my curiosity when you came in. 
And you did tell me that it was uh, basically a type of antidote to things that are coming from cell towers. So can you talk to us briefly about that? I've always believed that nature has the answer for us. And that's the motto of my clinic, seek the remedy in nature. And that if there's a poison in a certain area, that you will find uh, an answer to it. If there's a particular emotional problem in an area, you will find an answer in the trees or in the plants. Um, I could mention um, yes, a story of a friend of mine who's very interested in making flower essences, went to a particular valley here in the Wicklow Mountains where there were copper mines years ago. And she found a lovely um, violet flower by the river and made a lovely essence from it. Some time later, a patient came to me from that same valley who lived in a house right by the river and was very sick. And she was taking water from the local wells and she had excess copper in her system. So I checked out the remedies for her. And what did I find to be the remedy for her? It was the essence made from that flower that my friend had made years ago. It came to the very same place. The flower was the answer, the answer to that person's problem. The remedy that Angel mentioned is one that I made from some flowers that are grown around the base of a cell phone tower. And I was curious that there were so many flowers there and I thought, oh, maybe these flowers have got something, some essence in them to have deal with the effects of this radiation. So that's what I use this for. I test it for my patients who may be having trouble from too much mobile phones and I treat them with this. In some cases it's effective, in some cases it's not. Everybody is different. And I like to that we're being reminded um, that the solution is always the solution to the problem is always in the area where the problem is. And you had told me that too, Ahano, just the other day that plants will all grow. What, what was the plant that we were talking about? We we're going down the road, and you were talking about a poisonous plant. And you said that. Go ahead, tell us. Yeah, it's just the common nettle, which is on every hedgerow in Ireland. And right beside the nettle, you'll always find a duck leaf, what we know as a duck leaf. And that contains the antidote to the, to the nettle sting. And that's the case throughout nature, too. Now, we are running up against a wire here in terms of our timing. And I don't want to, to run out of time without asking Tony about uh, the... the if there was any piece of advice that he'd give to people about the environmental toxins and the unknown pollutants that he has mentioned, is there any one thing that people can do? And Tony, uh, do let people know that they can be treated by you remotely. There are two other environmental issues that people are not aware of and they're very important. One is the issue of molybdenum is an important trace mineral. Now, molybdenum is used as a catalyst in the desulfurization of petroleum, and this catalyst ends up in the products. So all petroleum products, the skin creams, the oil used for heating, the candles you burn, and so on, this has got traces of this chemical, which interferes with blocks the function of the molybdenum. So be wary of petroleum-based products. For your skin, don't use petroleum, use natural products. Another important um, one is cobalt. 
Cobalt is um, toxic to many people. This is a familiar problem. And it's found as the dye in blue jeans. It's found to dye in some denture materials. Not everybody is sensitive. Just some people are sensitive. It causes digestive trouble and it also causes um, terrible muscle pains and aches. Now, yes, I can test for people if they want to send me a sample of hair and details and their address, email, and so on. My postal address is number one, Leopardstown Drive. That's L-E-O-P-A-R-D-S-T-O-W-N Drive. Blackrock, County Dublin, Ireland. The information is also on my website about my demographics, where I am. So you can contact me, also by email, on this question, and I can do testing remotely with help of my wife, identify what's causing your trouble and what you can do to deal with it. The question of dental issues is very important. There was a great dentist called Weston Price, who about 80 years ago was treating very sick people, and he discovered that having removed their bad teeth, that he reco- they recovered. He thought about it, he got in more sick patients, took out their teeth and buried them under the teeth of skins of rabbits. And he saw the rabbits develop the same diseases as the hosts of the teeth. And he proved it because he was a pathologist and dissected the rabbits after death. Now, his work has been covered up and buried. But what he discovered is that bacteria, viruses can lodge in the dentine tubules and they're very safe there. And very often they don't cause trouble, but because of lack of immunity, because of the use of dental amalgam and other poison metals in the mouth, the immune system is overwhelmed and the body can't control these infections. They flare up and they produce poisons which travel to the body and the teeth are all connected to organs so they can directly affect the function of many organs and cause serious illness. The mercury amalgam can cause electric currents in the teeth. These currents travel through the connective tissue, through the target organs, and can cause havoc to the body's functioning. So be very aware. very important to look after your teeth. People don't realize, I've seen up to 80% of my patients have some problem with their teeth, whether it's infection or dental materials or both. Well, now, it's at this point in time that, unfortunately, we have to say thank you so much to Tony Hughes from natural-medicine.ie. We're very, very grateful to Tony for coming into the studio to speak to us today about environmental toxins and uh, chemtrails and so on. And let me just do a quick summary of what we've spoken about today. He, He spoke about how he tests for these toxins and how he treats people for these toxins and uh, he also mentioned about his approach really his holistic approach to medicine how he deals with the western medicine approach and also how he has a spiritual viewpoint on it all he incorporated the whole issue of past lives he looks into the whole area of emotional memory and how it's affecting the body and also he covered in great detail those unknown pollutants that we have in our clothing. And he went into detail to speak about mercury and uh, the various, how, how mercury actually is contained in vaccines and can lead to autism and so on, and those adjutants that are in various vaccines. 
He went on to speak uh, in great detail about the toxins in our environment. He mentioned beryllium, for example, and barium, uh, arsenic, cobalt, aluminum, manganese, and strontium, and all and so on. And they are just frightening, even just the names of them. We spoke too about the various uh, the chemtrails and what's in them. We touched on the whole area of food production and how we as people are actually allowing this to happen. And this is one of the functions of our radio program is to bring this into people's awareness and how we're all the time distracted by fluoridation and entertainment and so on. He talked in detail about water filtration and his remedy for the radiation that's coming from cell towers. And then he gave a warning about using petroleum-based products on the skin and indeed the cobalt that's used in the dye for the blue jeans. Now, if anybody wants to get in touch with Tony, uh, his motto is Seek the Remedy in Nature, which is a wonderful thing. They can actually write to him at his postal address at 1 Leopardstown Drive, Leopardstown, County Dublin, or email him directly at natmed2, N-A-T-M-E-D-2, at gmail. So it's at this point that we have to wrap things up for ourselves. We do encourage you to go to our own, look up our own program on the Eight Steps to Freedom. It's ahanu.com, A-H-O-N-U.com forward slash Eight Steps to Freedom. Make sure you do pre-order Angel Rose's book at a timeofchange.info. That's all one word, a timeofchange.info, and also watch out for her next book, which is all about the nature of reality. And then if you want to get in touch with us, please contact us at angelrose at angelrose.com. All right. Well, thank you for listening today, and thank you, Tony. Thank you, everybody, for listening. hope it was helpful. Thank you, and bye-bye.